please note, we are not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of We Are All A Bit Mental. It's a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I'm Chesney Hawks, and as always, I'm huddled up nice and cosy on our virtual sofa with Brandon Block, Lynn Ferguson, and Neil Harrington. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) The title of the show, the title of the show today... (laughs) You've been taking happy pills, Brandon Block. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) The title of today's show is The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, Brandon, it's fair to say you lived your life like that for quite a few years, right? (laughs) Well, now you come to mention it, (laughs) I'm not sure that... I'm not sure that I knew that I wasn't giving you a fuck. No. It was at the ab- time, at the time. Unconscious. But it turns out, <laughs> with the information we've been delivered over the years, I wasn't giving a fuck. Actually, no. It was no, unconscious, so, not giving a fuckery. And, and, I, and, and, and yes, so I was probably quite uh, the artist of not giving a fuck. So, yeah. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you call it? A surreal? You say I'm a surreal artist? Or, 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 a, or a more pop, pop art or modern artist about not giving a fuck? A piss artist? Piss artist. Yeah, some sort of artist. <laughs> artist. Piss yeah. artist about not giving a fuck. Yes. So basically, yeah, I think you're right, Chase. I did live my life uh, for many years without knowing, though, if we look, if we're brutally honest, I, I wasn't, if you'd have said to me, I mean, yes, I did say that on quite a few occasions, but mm. if you'd have said now with... <laughs> I, with I the, may have heard uh, it. <laughs> you probably did. I think you probably said it the same time as me. <laughs> Maybe. And, um, but uh, with what we're talking about in the subject matter... Um, there's a reason behind that, and we we know that we're getting to the root of this stuff by these conversations each week. So we'll discuss more about that later. Uh, but yes, uh, in answer to your question, I didn't for many, many years. <laughs> Do you not think that you actually? I don't know. I'm just raising this now, which may be a bit cheeky, but that that perhaps you found yourself in that situation because you gave too many fucks. Like there's a point where people give too many fucks, too many fucks, too many fucks, and then they're like, right, I cannot handle it. I'm getting pissed. Right. Or I cannot mm. handle it. I'm taking something else. That actually, because I sometimes think with alcoholism, I know this is going off in a little track, um, but I think with addiction, it's a little bit like that story of Icarus. You know, the guy that flies too, too close, close to the too sun. Too close to the sun all the time. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. they like give too many fucks. They feel too yeah. much. It's, everything's like what the hell? You know, I'm on fire. You know what? It, it could quite possibly been that. Um, thinking in hindsight, I mean, you know. There was lots. Look, uh, you know what I've discovered was there's lots. There was lots going on underneath through all that time, the whole lot of it. So all those years of uh, it appeared on the outside that I wasn't giving a fuck. You might be quite right that I was probably giving too many on the inside. Yeah. Um, an equilibrium of <laughs> fucks was probably outweighed, <laughs> <laughs> outweighed incredibly, and it became increasingly difficult to manage. So I ended up probably not giving a lot about anything. So but I think you are probably right, Lynn. Yes. Uh, Probably too many, too given, and uh, and then not enough given, and then you. You were definitely living in the moment, weren't you? I think I was. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually. Probably, yeah. I mean, I wasn't looking behind. I wasn't <laughs> looking the future. 
at all. It's so it's all about right now. <laughs> I, had, I had no awareness and uh, I had no uh, desire to have an awareness at the time. I think it was just about living, as you say, living in the moment. So, yeah. And answer your question, all of your questions, yes. Yes. So, um, <laughs> when people use that phrase, I don't give a fuck, it's, it's general meaning, of, of course, is, is I don't care, isn't it? And, and the angle that we're coming from today on the show is is about having confidence and belief in oneself and not allowing all the hurdles in life that are thrown at us to stop us achieving our, our, our dreams and goals. But um, before we get into that with our wonderful guest, Toya Wilcox, let's have a little discussion about the other side of not caring and not giving a fuck, i.e. having a, a selfish attitude. That word, selfish, it, it, it's an attitude, it's a state of mind. It's not a nice trait to see in, in others or ourselves. What are your thoughts, team? I mean, I think that there's two sides to that, really. Um, I know Lynn will have a lot to say about this, but for me, <laughs> selfishness... <laughs> selfishness, like, I think you have to be selfish to have a good state of mind. You really have to, to look after yourself. There's a difference between being selfish and not caring about others and being selfish in that you have to look after yourself before you can look after others, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people say now, the art of living well, let's say, or to start, is to love yourself. But then if you said that yeah. a few years ago, Carly Simon would have said, you're vain. You're so vain was the actual thing she you would have said. You're so vain, you are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from that mirror. <laughs> There's a bit of sexism about giving a fuck, I think. I know growing up as female, we were meant to give a fuck about things that I really couldn't give a fuck about. Like um, <laughs> the way that somebody's cakes were arranged or the nice way to put down a sandwich or how to sit, <laughs> how to come out of a car properly. Or oh, yeah. How, like all these things that you're meant to give a fuck with that I really didn't. And I, then I went through a period of time where I thought I should give a fuck about it. Moving to America, interestingly, as uh, Mark and I swapped roles, right? So I was working all the time and he was like Mr. Mom, if you like. And he was sort of astonished by how many fucks you're meant to give about things that really don't matter. Like, <laughs> have you organised a cake for this thing next Tuesday? He's like, it's next fucking Tuesday. Why would I care? Right? I'll, but if I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this thing of... Uh, of there's certainly... There's certainly something in the female uh, line, I think. I'm just putting that forward, where women are meant to give more fucks about stuff that they really don't give a fuck about. And and I mm. don't think that it is selfish or selfless. I think that when you give too many fucks, it's being distracted. You're being distracted by things that are not really that important. Also say that when we don't give a fuck, you know, when you go, I don't give a fuck about, um, like when you hear, when you're younger and you go, well, I've split up with them, but I don't give a fuck about them. It's a lie. You totally yeah, do give lies. a fuck about them. Of course it right? is. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about my accounts that I'm thinking about every day. And I answer it <laughs> yeah. by saying I don't that give I'm a giving fuck all about of this attention because. to. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. As I say, there's the other side to uh, to that phrase of not giving a fuck, basically, is the not listening to other people's advice uh, and and t and following your own gut, you know, which I think is probably going to be more relatable for what we're when we're going to talk to Toya. It's that absolutely, yeah. It's that kind of feelings of of like I'm going to do this my way, and I don't give a fuck what anyone else says. This is the way I'm going to do it because I know for me this is the right way. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a different conversation to the one we were just having. So there's a an actual workshop 
retreat called the Fuck It Way, right? I've read the book. I've got the guys. Uh, I was going to go. I was going to go on it, and actually, it is a. As, and this will make sense to you, Lynn, because it's a narrative. It's the way you say it. It's a word. It, it becomes a spiritual word. That word, only that word, because it has so many uses. <laughs> but the, the way you say it, honestly, it's like it's like you are by saying it, you're releasing. You, you are if you mean it, you're not giving a fuck. You're actually saying that thing and, and letting go in a way that's very powerful. So it's like. Uh, as opposed to saying, well, and I'm going to work in the present moment. I'm going to say fuck it to everything. And 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 he says that you practice that and it works. You just release yourself from pretty much everything's going on. Lynn, is, is fuck a good um, plosive? Plosive word it is, yeah, because it's got the k sound at the end. I did yeah. watch a thing on TV the other night, actually, or on Netflix, that said it does, when you say fuck, it lights up some weird area in the brain. Can't remember what it was. I was like half watching it, and half of me was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> actually, like I did three years of drama school, and um, and I learned a lot of techniques and stuff, but it it didn't it didn't teach me how to be me, right? It didn't teach me what I thought no. I was going to learn. And then years later, I was doing uh, hosting uh, stand up at this club two nights a week in Finsbury Park in London, right? And um, and it was kind of intense. Like there weren't that many women who were hosting anything, and stand up at that time still didn't have, I didn't have a lot of women in it. And um, and I used to get really tense before the shows because I was there. I was resident, you know, like it was on me. And we also would um do these crazy things like we'd have Harry Hill's Halloween or Chris Lynam's fireworks. It would like we'd have these big events. Anyway, one night when I was standing at the side and I was all nervous, the producer of the club came up to me and she said, you know what? Nobody gives a fuck how you feel. They do <laughs> not give a fuck. They are here tonight because they've got problems of their own. They've mm -hmm. got, like, uh, arrangements. They've spent money. They've made, you know, got babysitters. They've put this time aside. And all they're asking for you to do is provide them with a couple of hours of entertainment. So just grow the fuck up. Mm. And actually, that did me better than three years of drama school. Because whenever <laughs> I'm doing moment. any project, and now I'm like, look, this really isn't about me. The people who are involved in this, like the people who are going to buy this or read this or whatever, they've got their own shit in their lives. Mm. They do not need to give a fuck about mine. Mm, My yes. responsibility is to deliver it. Okay, now it's time to bring on our fabulous guest. She's a woman who, for over 40 years, has taken to the stage like no other. She has won numerous awards and nominations during her career for singing, songwriting, and acting. And to many, I know she's an absolute legend, including me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Toya Wilcox. Yay! Hello. Hi, Toya. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Let me introduce you to my friends here. We've got Lynn Ferguson. Hello. Hello. And we have the lovely Brandon Block down there. Hi, Toya. Lovely to meet you. Hello, Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, you've, his reputation precedes him, I, yeah. I see. And then we've got the lovely Neil Harrington. Hello, Neil. Hello, Toya. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for making time for us. Just to bring you up to speed, Toya, this show is basically, it consists of us four idiots babbling away at each other, 
about how to try and stay sane in today's mad world. Ooh, now, okay. I can't help but notice from reading your blogs and watching your fabulous videos on YouTube of you and your husband, Robert, that you have such fantastic positive energy. How do you manage your own mental health and well-being to be able to maintain such a healthy positive attitude to life? Oh, that's such a big question. Well, firstly, I'm not alone. I have yeah. my husband and that has benefits and it has challenges. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, 12 years older than me. And in the last year, I've seen frailties creep up on him. He's 74. His next birthday, he'll be 75 in May. And it was trying to keep him engaged with the world because he's a he tours the whole time. He's used to flying everywhere. And he kind of disappeared into his study and wasn't coming out. And he was getting that grey pallor. So around mm. May last year, I started to teach him dancing. And we filmed it. <laughs> it's and, great. And he hated, he hated me for it. <laughs> I bet he did. Well, the first one, um, which was Rock Around the Clock, immediately got a million viewers. And then we did Swan Lake, and he never forgave me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because I put him in my tutu and in ballet tights. And when that went out, it made headlines in Italian newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's just so in love with the process, I can't stop him. <laughs> That's awesome. Now he wears his tutu every Friday night. <laughs> and I have to say, the attention we're getting is doing our mental health a lot of good. Yes. Well, that's what I was jumping in for, was just to tell the listeners about your YouTube channel, about you and Robert and what you do. Why don't you tell it? Because we've been watching it and we've been... <laughs> You've had yeah. us in fits. We've been howling at the pair of you. Well, okay, Robert and I are chalk and cheese. I am a punk at heart. And Robert is, he won't admit this, but he is the king of prog rock. And, uh, <laughs> it's true. So I think people are very surprised. We get lots of comments of how did these two get together? <laughs> So we do Agony Aunts on a Saturday night. On a Saturday morning, I do Toya at Home, which is for my diehard fans and anyone who wants to join. Agony Aunts is us talking about our experiences in the music business and are trying to encourage everyone to play an instrument and write music, whether you have success or not, because it's the creative act that makes us who we are. But this comes out in very kind of haphazard ways. And there's a lot, lot of arguing and contradiction between the two of us. And then on Sunday, we do Sunday lunch, where my chest has started to take a star billing. Um, <laughs> About time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, now everyone, because we've developed a team in lockdown because I didn't know anything about social media. And I've got this gorgeous team of people who guide us, who tell us how we do it. And now they insist that my chest is in every video. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm 62 years old. And if anyone told me that I'd be a contender for Babe Station at 62. <laughs> Do you know what? I wasn't, my friend asked me to mention this. I wasn't going to mention it, but now you've set the tone and said that. Sorry. A friend of mine just wanted to let you know that he lost his virginity to It's a Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my 
my God, that must have been a very slow, drawn-out process. <laughs> I didn't want to know any more about it. Uh, oh, you didn't ask details? Uh, no, I asked absolutely no details. It is actually the perfect song to lose your virginity to, isn't it? When you're building character, if you're writing character or constructing it, if you're building a fictional person, how you know to build them is like what they say, what they do and what other people say and do around them. And the nature of losing what they do has affected, like a lot of people are struggling with who they are. Like, who no am I? No, what no am I? Teens going on, no yeah, purpose. because I know, like, if I put on my, you know, fancy shoes and I go yeah. to the bar and I serve people that, and I do it really well, then I know that I am a sociable service person who communicates well with groups of people. But all that middle ground has, has gone and also what has gone is what other people say and do around them. Like, we're all kind of in this place. And I think that that's part of... It's interesting about the concept of this show, which is giving a fuck. Like, a lot of people know who they are by what they give a fuck about. Mm. And if you're not able to give a fuck about these little things, then who are you? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. Well, it's when you get numb, isn't it? It's yeah. that numbness when you, you, you don't give an F and you, you just... You cannot lift yourself out of that mood. Um, I always say that I go into extreme exercise to try and get some endorphins released, um, put on my favourite music, dance around the kitchen. It's like pulling your own teeth out when you're in that kind of numbness. But it does change your physicality. Absolutely. And I think sometimes depression and fear is in the physical. It's not always yeah. emotional. Mm. And if you're isolated and you've not got someone like a, a partner or a child with you, I think it's very, very difficult to lift yourself up and be kind to yourself sometimes. And I, I recommend to people just dance like a banshee. Dance how you danced when you were 14 years old and put on that music that moved you when you were in your teens yeah. and see if you can change your physical yeah, condition. Definitely. We have a rule in our house which is kitchen dancing. Yes. And yes. Nobody's allowed to come and talk to me when I'm in the kitchen unless they dance. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I have like my kids are like, oh my god, <laughs> like, and they and I was in such a bad sort of a negative frame of mind around Christmas. I put on Ra Ra Rasputin. Oh, I love of the Russian yes! queen. Oh, oh, I yeah. recommend it. Lover of the Russian queen. Yeah. Have you got the Bonnie and Mega Mix? I loved it. I have to say, Chesney and I have worked with Boney M. Oh, you have? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. They're lovely, occasions. lovely people. Such wonderful Do you know, beings. I was listening earlier on, and I'm like, this would make the best show. It should be called Friends in Kidderminster. And you could, like, <laughs> talk about all these people that you know. And I think we should add to it, and we should all do it naked, but keep it purely audio. <laughs> Why dog, keep it audio? Dance yourself understand. naked. Well, that's how you do it in Kidderminster. Naked. <laughs> Who did dance yourself dizzy? Again, dance yourself dizzy. Who was that? Was it something like Ottawa or something like that? Maybe. No, that was hands up, baby, hands up. Give me your heart. Give me, give me your heart. 
<laughs> anyway, so um, Toya, I, I'm going to bring up the dyslexia, and the reason I bring that up is because I'm also dyslexic. So am I. Uh, right, so there you go. So uh, I used to get frustrated because I couldn't communicate like everybody else. I mean, I only learned how to write emails properly maybe 10, 12 years ago. I mean, when I first, I would sit there staring at the screen for three or four hours trying to write a few paragraphs. So oh. you know, because th is this where your fighting attitude comes from? Definitely. Because that's been a huge driving force behind my tenacity. So is, this must be the same for you, right? Uh, and the fact that I'm barely fighting foot tall adds to it as well. <laughs> um, I, I have to look at bank statements, credit card statements, contracts for, I'd say, 50 times longer than yeah. a normal person has to because I have to dot all the I's, cross all the T's in the way that's expected. And I not only have numerology blindness, I right. have a, a very slight... Um, screen blindness as well but I can work it out uh, I just I work by logic and I taught my husband the other day to make an omelette and he's left-handed and he he just could not get the concept of whisking <laughs> and I say think about the logic how does an omelette look like that how do you get from the egg to a piece of food that looks like that think about the logic oh, there's and it's, a video it, it's, <laughs> I know I had to teach him the same about sex. You know, it's like, think about the logic. How does it work? Use your left hand, Robert. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But it's, you know, everything is logical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. That Great visuals. I've got visuals. <laughs> oh, man. If I touch that, does that? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, Robert, 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 is it like a vending machine? If I put a coin in, something comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it comes back to this thing of not mm. giving a fuck. That what happens when you give too many fucks is you neuter the voice of what you're doing. Oh, like, thank you for saying that. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, thank you for getting your husband to dance in a tutu. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, like, there's a thing about you have to say things that are contentious or provocative or... But with thought behind it, not in a Katie Hopkins way where you're like... If I could play the guitar, I'd actually be quite a nice person. I do think that with Katie Hopkins. Like, if she could do something discernible, she'd be lovely. But she can't, so she has to just say shite all the time. But I think that when you do art, it is about trying to communicate an idea as yeah. something. And unfortunately, when things are made by committee, they take out all the thing that's there to be said. They're too frightened about, you know, what if this... Uh, doesn't engage the 18 to 25 demographic who mm, who yeah. don't like Such space bullshit. people. Record oh, companies, yeah. eh, Toya? It can kill everything. Uh, yeah. and you must have experienced this, that their fear of something not reaching a mass mm. kills the inspiration and the potential of something the mass can discover. 
Yes. Uh, it happens too often. It's heartbreaking. But the trouble is, is the marketing directors, their heads are on the line if they don't get results and if the numbers don't add up. So they don't want to take a gamble. So all they want to do is they want to look at, they want to get the market research, they want to get the facts so that then if something bombs, they can then go back to their boss and go, wasn't a gamble, boss. You know, this is what everybody said about it. Yeah. Just imagine all of the art out there that was created but not made it to to the masses like it should have done. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's gone on throughout history. Yeah. The, yeah. the greatest Dutch paintings were made by women in the kitchen in the 1600s. And then, you know, they, they were never, ever represented in history. I mean, you can go into any museum, into the archives, and see absolute genius that has never been represented in a history yeah. Book. We are, as a race, inventive, creative people. Whether that's making an omelette or painting a masterpiece or doing great DJing or writing a great song, we all have that in us. We we all have it. And it's not all about commercialism. It's, I think, we are made, we are unique because we are made to push our evolution forward through being creative. And it's Amen. that's about it's about culture. It's not about accounting. Well, it's 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 but our culture, unfortunately, has made it as you said difficult to do that because if it comes from, as Neil said, comes from the marketing director, or that it's all about consumerism. If it doesn't, if it, if I can't yeah. see it selling, if I can't see it selling, I'm not going to invest in it. And that's all it is. That is all it is because the artistic side, you know, they've taken that away because it doesn't make money. It's like. And that's what we live yeah. by. I have to say why we're here. I think that uh, so many women owe you a debt of gratitude, Toya. Great. I Because oh, I went in. Yeah. Definitely. In my teens, seeing somebody who was female, strong, talented, didn't have like no clothes on and wasn't doing leggy, lovely stuff in order for attention was like a, a fucking call across the universe, which is it's okay, come in. You don't mm. have to be like that. You don't have to Anthea Redfern yourself <laughs> in order to be somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, literally, I talk to people here because I, like, I have a friend here and she's, like, she's an 83-year-old artist, right, from New York. And I talk to her about, like, growing up in Scotland and looking at what women wear in entertainment. And granted, they had that here, like this whole anaesthetised thing. But the stuff of where you go, somebody would be famous for wearing a dress. Like, literally, that's what they're famous for. Like, men get to do all the talking. They get to do the talking. But the women, we just have to spend our time giving a fuck whether we look nice in a dress or not. Mm. And actually, so I do, I really, when we talked about bringing you on for this particular show, I was like, it's brilliant. Because I think you taught a whole load of, certainly teenage girls, um not to give a, bit, a fuck about things that you were meant to give a fuck about, that actually there was a way forward without that shit. Uh, I agree, and thank you, Lynn. I think not all of us are born to that perfection, and I'm not sure that perfection is real that we mm. get back of girls in beautiful mm. dresses. Firstly, how the hell can they pay for them? These are expensive items to own. And if you're not five foot ten and able to not eat for three days, then you're not worthy of being a woman. Yeah. I mean, it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Definitely. One thing I wanted to touch on, Toya, when your early career, just before you you formed the band Toya and and you were singing, you were doing some quite heavy acting. I know. (laughs) I mean, you were what, 19, something like that? I was 18, 18. You're working with Catherine Hepburn one minute. Lord Olivier. And then... You're going on stage and being all "fuck you, I'm a punk," and you know. And <laughs> <laughs> this is how. This is the the kind of the the young own the world. That's their attitude. It was certainly my attitude. I was employed by the National Theatre when I was eighteen to work with uh, Warren Clark, Kate Nelligan, Elizabeth Spriggs. I mean, you name it. Ian Charleston. I went on to make a movie with Catherine Hepburn. I was Derek Jarman's muse in Jubilee and in The Tempest. And all the time, all I wanted to do was be a rock musician. <laughs> the grass is always greener. My agent was following me, going, "Toya, don't do this. It's commercial suicide. Don't do it." <laughs> And I knew if I didn't become a singer and I didn't go with that natural intention in my body, it would be something I'd regret all my life. And to a certain extent, I now regret I'm not doing all that acting. (laughs) The RSC, I'm not sure, would take me on. But I had a phenomenal beginning and I felt completely blessed for the first five years of my career. And it's this thing that I think... To some extent, we all experience this in our life when things fall into place. And it's like, okay, you've had a taster. Now we're going to abandon you and you're going to survive completely on your own with no food, no water, no money. And let's see how you It's such a shame we have to bring proceedings to an end here. But before we let you go, uh, you've agreed to take part in our little happy song feature of the show. Oh, yeah. So so let us know what your happy song is. This, for me, is such a beautiful song. It's by Bjork, and it's called Human Nature, and it's just joy, joy, joy. And here's my very own version for you, Toya. If you ever get close to a human and human behaviour Be ready, be ready to get Realize that part of this is me we have to watch dance. and That's me and my fear care, and there is no man Terribly, terribly, terribly moody of human behavior. It really is amazing. All of a sudden, turn happy. And they and my hereafter would all to get involved in exchange of human emotions. It ever so, ever so satisfying. And they and Behavior 
How about that team? Chesney Hawks performing Jeez, with the orchestra. Oh, the combination of this, the voice, the music, everything is just perfection. Oh my god. Yeah, I thought that was gonna throw you, but hey, you pulled it out of the bag. Well it did for a while. I did, I didn't quite know what I was gonna do, but then I, I kind of worked out that little piano part and it's just it's one note, that one little you know, the little piano part there. And the, and yeah. the song just sings over. God, it's amazing. Tell us about that track, Toy. I love the fact that she owns Iceland. <laughs> Fair play to her. Her and Sigur yeah. uh, For me, that track embodies great music, great production, and a startlingly brilliant voice. And mm. someone that just exudes such presence when she smiles i think she's a such a beautiful creature mm. uh, if we were to send a human being out into space to explain to aliens what we are on earth i think it should be bjork that goes <laughs> That's um, brilliant she, she's just so <laughs> startlingly amazing mm. and I, I think the lyric is Great. It's truthful and it's poking fun at the same time. What a wonderful way to end. This is brilliant. We were having a meeting. We were talking about guests and shows and the subject came up. Oh, we've got a show here, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And Ches went, Toy Art. <laughs> they're all like, yeah. We didn't have to think about it at all. It was like straight away. And you haven't let us I love down. it when a plan comes together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, perfect. And you've been fabulous. Thank you for your time. We know you're very, very busy. So thank you for making the time for us. Toya Wilcox, everyone. Everybody. Thank you, yeah. Great to see you all. Great to see you. And you, fantastic. Yes. Really appreciate it. <laughs> well, sadly, that's it for another week. The good news is that as Toy was so interesting, you have much less time to spend listening to us four idiots. <laughs> Speak for yourself, love. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, in fact, we hope you've really fucking enjoyed the show. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did give a fuck enough to tell a friend about us <laughs> then we really would appreciate it thank you yes absolutely next week we'll be joined by presenter and Heart FM radio DJ Toby Anstis and of course Toby will be joining us for the very last show in this series no. uh, so until next week I've been Neil Harrington he's been Brandon Block he's been Chesney Hawks and she has been Lynn Ferguson and we all do give a fuck about, about you, you. you. lovely listeners about you Right? Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you next week. You've been listening to We're All A Bit Mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Written, produced, directed and engineered for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Brandon and Chess. <laughs> <laughs>